This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Without further ado, it is time for... The Other Side of Midnight presents Denunciation. I must denounce the growing list of Oregon sheriffs who are telling their constituents that they will not enforce voter-approved gun restrictions despite not yet knowing how some aspects of the law will work and not having a clear role on in, in enforcing others. For instance, on a November 9th Facebook post, Lynn County Sheriff Michelle Duncan said that Measure 114, which... 50.7% of voters approved the day before is a terrible law for gun owners, crime victims, and public safety. The measure would require a permit to buy a firearm and ban magazines holding more than 10 rounds. And she is essentially saying, I want to send a clear message to Lynn County residents that the Lynn County Sheriff's Office is not going to be enforcing magazines capacity limits. Now, understand, these sheriffs, and she's not the only one, there are a bunch of others, They're saying that even though this law was just passed, she's not going to enforce it. And not just her, but a bunch of others. Now, I hope everybody that's on the right that was upset with that memo Alvin Bragg put out, the Manhattan DA, I hope they will be equally upset with these rogue sheriffs refusing to enforce the law. Because just as the case with Alvin Bragg or Melinda Katz or Eric Gonzalez or um, Larry Krasner, when you take an oath to uphold the Constitution, to uphold the law, and to enforce the law, you don't get to pick and choose which ones you want to enforce and not enforce. And that is what these rogue sheriffs are trying to do. So if you don't like the law... You should work to change it, maybe run for the state legislature, or maybe try and get it on the ballot again so you can make a better case against it. If you think the law is unconstitutional, by all means, challenge the constitutionality of that in the courts. But for these sheriffs to just simply on their own decide not to enforce the law, I think that's atrocious. And I, I th- would be saying this irrespective of... Um, the ideology of the law enforcement officials involved. So if you're a sheriff that's refusing to enforce the laws of your community, I do denounce you. I must also denounce the major tax prep sites, H&R Block, Tax Slayer, and Tax Act, because these tax firms have been selling your data without your consent to Facebook. These tax firms are using the Megapixel, a curiously named chunk of embedded JavaScript supplied to Meta, excuse me, supplied by Meta to websites in return for money. And the more of your personal data Meta is able to slurp up, the more money these companies get in exchange. See, you are the product. And so these companies are making money selling your data without your consent, but these services, H&R Block, Tax Act, Tax Slayer, they're not free. 
So you're getting screwed on the front end and the back end. First of all, I believe we should have return-free filing in in this country as far as taxes go. But you're paying for a service. They do an adequate job, apparently, with the service itself. And then, without your knowledge or consent, they're selling this data to Facebook. You're not getting any money from it. If somebody's going to get money from your data, it should be you, not H&R Block. So for these tax prep firms that are screwing their own customers for money, I do denounce you. I must also denounce Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, He, this guy is a real piece of work. He just keeps lowering the bar. The polarizing wide receiver posted a naked photoshopped picture of Giselle Bunchen to his Snapchat on Monday. The image in question no longer appears on Brown's account, though it's unclear if it was removed by him or the social media giant. I'm betting it was by Snapchat. In response to an inquiry about Brown's alleged post, Snapchat noted its policy against nudity. The company's community guidelines state we prohibit accounts that promote or distribute pornographic content. So Brown's latest post adds to a string of bizarre social media attacks against Tom Brady and his now ex-wife, which began in October. At the time, the 34-year-old Antonio Brown shared a photo of him and Bunchen on Instagram that featured the pair celebrating after the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. Brown also posted an older photo of Bunchen with her arms around Brady, but with Brown's head photoshopped over the quarterback. So around the same time that Brady and Bunchen announced their divorce, Brown found himself in the headlines again when he tried to sell a T-shirt that featured a photo of him and Bunchen from the 2021 Super Bowl. He has continued to share critical social media posts about Brady following his release from the Buccaneers. Uh, Brown was let go by the team after his unceremonious shirtless exit during a Jet game at MetLife Stadium that some of you may remember. It's clear to me, I don't know the nature of it, but it's clear to me that Brown and Brady had a falling out of sorts. As this, But um, there's no reason that Giselle Bunchen should be the target of essentially cyberbullying. Just because Antonio Brown doesn't get along with her with her ex-husband. To me, it's low class. It's a very poor example for children that have enough problems with social media to begin with. And you know as a professional athlete, a lot of children are going to follow your lead on this stuff, especially teenagers. I did, right? I, I wanted to do the kind of thing that uh, athletes that I liked were doing. And for him to be engaging in this kind of conduct, I find it reprehensible. So once again, and I'm sure I've denounced him before, but Antonio Brown, I do denounce you. I must also denounce the state of Montana. I've never been there, but I have no problem denouncing them. They are the worst state in the entire country for drunk driving. That's right. I can't understand in this day and age why anybody is drinking and driving. Now, I'm all for drinking. I'm all for driving. But... In the era of Uber and Lyft, and I recognize you might have to wait a little longer for an Uber in Montana than you have to do in Brooklyn. But I can't understand why you would ever do this. If you know you're going to drink, just take an Uber or whatever vehicle or car and um, then really get tanked, right? 
But Forbes advisor looked to determine which states have the highest and lowest rates of drinking and driving. They compared the 50 states and the District of Columbia across six key metrics from the National Highway Traffic uh, Safety Administration and the FBI. They also surveyed 5,000 drivers to ask about their experiences with drunk driving during the holidays. Montana topped the list of states with the highest rate of drunk driving. Big Sky Country. Big Sky Country topped the list with sobering statistics. 8.39 drunk drivers were involved in a fatal car crash for every 100,000 licensed drivers. That's staggering. Absolutely staggering. 6.9 people were killed in a crash involving a drunk driver for every 100,000 state residents. Those are both the highest in the country. Nearly half of Montana traffic deaths in 2020 were caused by drunk drivers. That also is the highest in the country. The state had the second highest number of drunk drivers under the age of 21 involved in fatal crashes. It had the 10th highest number of DUI arrests per 100,000 drivers. The survey revealed that Montana drivers tied with New Mexico for being the 11th most likely to say they've seen a friend or family member drive home after appearing intoxicated after a family party. Guys, drinking and driving is no joke, right? And the fact that it seems to be such a problem in Montana seems to be a, a serious indication that they're doing something wrong out there. Hey, this, so Montana, big sky country, I do denounce you. I must also denounce intermittent fasting. I do this pretty regularly. Um, so I am sorry to denounce this, but I have to. Because a, this is a, basically the practice of not eating, right? You go, you fast for two days, you eat for five, or you fast for 16 hours and you eat for eight. It's a very trendy thing, and I do it. I feel like it, it helps, but the more I've learned about it, the less it seems to help. So this, there's a new study which shows that intermittent fasting may actually raise your risk of an early death by 30%. This study tracked 24,000 Americans over the age of 40 from across the country for 15 years. This is a real study. It compared, compared the intermittent fasters, it compared to three, one meal a day, compared to three, one meal a day, like my friend Jay Diamond does, linked to 30% raised risk of all causes of death. Skipping breakfast, which is what I do, I always think I'm being healthy, I'm not going to overeat. Skipping breakfast was linked to a higher chance of dying from heart disease. But missing lunch or dinner appeared to raise the risk of deaths from any cause. And these results were constant, even if people exercised, ate healthily, and rarely smoked. So I am thinking twice about intermittent fasting. I'll tell you that. My friend Vinny is a big intermittent faster as well. I want to denounce this unnamed New Hampshire man from Cheshire County. He is facing multiple charges after shooting a turkey from his car window. You hear what I said? He did a drive-by on a turkey. 
That's according to the New New Hampshire Fish and Game Law Enforcement Division and the anti-poaching program Operation Game Thief. The man who was not identified used a 9-millimeter handgun, according to the agency. Where do they find these people? You remember Richard Bay used to say that on his TV show. He'd run up to the, the camera and say, where do they find these people? Using a 9-millimeter to shoot a turkey that you see on the street, essentially? Well, to anybody that engages in this drive-by turkey murder, I do denounce you. I must also denounce the University of Florida. They have rescinded a football scholarship offer to a high school prospect for using the N-word while rapping along with a song. Yes, you heard me correctly. Standout quarterback Marcus Stokes posted a video of himself mimicking the lyric as he rode in a car, and the song's on the radio. Welcome back, N-word. He can be heard saying in the since-deleted two-second video. He was in the car listening to rap music, rapping along to the words, and he posted a video of it to social media. He apologized. He said, I deeply apologize for the word in the song, which I chose to say. They rescinded his scholarship over this. This is, I, I think, a dramatic overreaction. The guy was singing along with a song. He wasn't, um, and he apologized. He didn't go around calling people the N-word. And I'm not saying he shouldn't have some sort of a public sanction here, but the guy apologized. You're going to take away the kid's scholarship because of this? This kid's whole life is now changed, ruined, essentially, because of a very popular rap song that he posted a video of himself singing and dancing to. And that's not right. So, University of Florida, I do denounce you. I don't know how to pronounce this word. I don't even know if it is a word. But I'm going to have to denounce the word bay. B-A-E. This is big with the young people, this word. And this has been named the most annoying slang word of the year 2022. The word is B-A-E. And it's a term of endearment or labeling something as good or cool. Uh, the next most annoying idiom of the year is on fleek. I don't find that as that bad. Third most annoying is by Felicia. Okay, that's a little annoying. But uh, I am with them on bay being the most annoying word of the year. I, whenever I get that word in a text, I don't even know what it means. So bay, I do denounce you. Penultimately, I must denounce everybody today, and I've already gotten one. And the day is only it was relatively young. Um, I want to denounce anyone that sends a group text message to everyone in their phone wishing them a happy Thanksgiving. Now, again, I send group text messages. I like group text messages, okay? But if I get a group text message from a number that's not saved in my phone, clearly you and I are not interacting with one another enough that you should really care if I have a happy Thanksgiving. And then the worst is then your phone pings with all these other people wishing a happy Thanksgiving. So now I'm getting a a, a happy Thanksgiving from essentially a stranger, and then 
a whole bunch of other strangers. And all that does is drown out the people that I do want to hear from in terms of getting a happy Thanksgiving from. So don't do that. You know, I mean, call someone up. Send them an individual text. Send them an email. I got a couple of nice Thanksgiving cards from people, not just for me, but for Carmine. So um, thank you for that. And finally, I want to denounce Lindsay Abool of Canton, Ohio. This m- woman is reprehensible. Not only am I glad she's going to prison, but um, this is the kind of woman that should be denounced on the radio and ultimately, I think, probably go to hell. This is a woman who faked her daughter's terminal illness to get $5,000 in donations. She has been sentenced to four to six years in prison and uh, ordered to pay back over $8,500 in restitution. She previously pled guilty to child endangerment and theft. These charges stemmed from a scam GoFundMe campaign called Riley's Warriors, which raised five grand before being shut down. She falsely claimed on the page that her 11-year-old daughter suffered from a central nervous system disease and that her brain was shutting down. And this campaign gained some traction. Uh, Lindsay Abul and her daughter even appeared on a local news station to share their story. And at the time, Abul claimed that her daughter, whose identity has been protected due to her age, was forced to give up on her dream of playing softball. It's not true. None of this was true. And the scheme was shut down last year when a tipster alerted uh, authorities that the mother was misleading her daughter and the public in order to obtain trips, housing, and other expenses over the last few years. Guys, I recognize how difficult it is to make ends meet, but this, to me, is not just criminal. It's such a poor example for your child. For you to exploit your child and take advantage of them that way, I think is just awful. And to this woman... I do denounce you, Lindsay Abul. All right. Uh, if you want have comments on any of my denunciations, you're welcome to give me a call, 800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222.